policy consideration. We've come because they are more accurately described as rhetorical and statistical priorities. Young black males in particular are discussed and researched ad nauseum, but concretely, little has been done to help them on a sustainable basis. The reasons for this are embedded in the preeminence of America's race-based institutions. Arguably, more than any other subgroup of Americans, black males reflect the challenges of inclusion and empowerment in the post-civil rights period. In contrast to the centrality of black males to the politics and practices of this country, their perspectives generally have been absent not only from public policy debates, but more important, from actual sustainable solutions. My sisters and brothers, sadly, this is even true in our own community. From an elitist perch, there are many that castigate these, quote, disgraceful young black males who egregious behavior is sagging pants and broken English and drug selling and uh, dropping out of school and perpetuating crime on our streets. Sadly, many blacks share this predilection and maintain a safe distance, literally and figuratively, from these despised and disrespectful gangsters and thugs. This is what George Zimmerman saw back in February of 2012. This is what the Sanford police believed after Mr. Zimmerman murdered Trayvon Martin, an unarmed teenager carrying a lethal bag of candy and a dangerous can of iced tea. This is why it took 44 days for an arrest to be made and why a jury decided that despite the evidence which showed Zimmerman as the aggressor, taking the life of one of these so-called gangsters or thugs was not worth going to prison over. The statistics are scary and certainly we should be concerned by the worsening plight of young black males in America. Virtually every study shows that increasingly black males are becoming much more disconnected and disenfranchised from the mainstream than comparable groups of whites and Latinos and Asians and other groups. Most troubling, however, is the broad indifference among blacks themselves to this crippling phenomenon that affects us all. So the question I have for you tonight is, what do you see? I want every black male under the age of 30 to stand in this room now. Every black male under the age of 30 to stand. And my question to you as they're standing is, what do you see? Do you only see the downward spiral of black males? May I submit to you that the rhetorical uh, uh, conversation of accountability is stale and it rings hollow as young black males sink into oblivion while too many of us mutter distant eulogies. So I come today to charge you. I charge you to become sufficiently dissatisfied to do something other than to complain about the behavior of these young men.
Everyone knows or should know that there are no revelations in the stockpiles of research on the plight of young black males uh, and that collective indifference contributes to a problem for which we all should share responsibility. I charge you to see more than what the George Zimmermans of the world see when you look at these young black men. to actualize the Rogerian notion of unconditional positive regard. In other words, we've got to look beyond their faults and see their needs. I charge you to see more than what you see in the news reports. I charge you to teach our boys that after 244 years of slavery in which skin color was the determining factor of our servitude and social status that we still produced a Frederick Douglass and a Booker T. Washington and a W.E.B. Du Bois. I charge you to teach them that after centuries of bondage and racism and second-class citizenship, after losing millions of souls crossing the Atlantic on slave ships and losing our name and our language and our cultural identity, that we still produce a Benjamin Banneker and a Louis Armstrong and a Duke Ellington and a Paul Robeson and a Jackie Robinson. I charge you to look beyond the gangster rap and see the Martin Luther Kings and the Malcolm X's and the Howard Thurman's and the A. Philip Randolph's. I charge you to look beyond the sagging pants and to see the Langston Hughes's and the Ralph Ellison's and the Richard Wright's and the James Baldwin's. I charge you to look beyond the dropout rate and see the Paul Robesons and the Thurgood Marshalls and the Ron McNair's trying to burst forth out of these young men. After the castrations and lynchings and miseducation and brainwashing, after being taught to hate ourselves and to look at ourselves through the awfully tainted eyeglasses of white supremacy, I charge you to look beyond their low self-esteem and see the Richard Allens and the Mickey Lelands and the John Coltrane's that are fighting their way to the surface. I charge you to look beyond the machismo and the immaturity and look at the Luther Vandrosses and the Magic Johnsons and the Michael Jordans and the Harold Washingtons and the Doug Wilders and the Duval Patricks that are waiting to be birthed out of these young men. After having our intelligence and moral worth devalued and degraded by some of the leading intellectuals of modern scholarship, we can still produce Ben Carsons and Bob Moseses and Lewis Latimers. We can still produce William Graves and Steve Bicos and Nelson Mandela's and Barack Obama's. So I charge you, my sisters and brothers, to connect our rich history with an abiding faith. For when we connect our history to our faith, we give birth to hope and a hallelujah. Because when we know where we've come from, and when we know who brought us to this moment, then we don't have to bow down to people who want to hold us back. We can hold our heads up high and walk forward into our destiny. Yes, we need to know our history, but we also need to know our health. For when you know your health, you know that despite the statistics, 
racial hatred and animosity, despite the downward spiral, that God has yet given us the victory. So I charge you, young men, to act like you're a victor and not a victim. Victims hang their heads down and say, woe is me. But if you know your history and you understand your faith, you are not victims, you are victors. With all that we've been through, we should have lost our minds. We shouldn't even be here right now. But guess what? God woke you up this morning and you're in your right mind and you walked yourself up in here. Why? Because you are a victor. Yes, we still have work to do, but we still are victims. We still have high dropout rates, but God isn't through with us yet. Yes, we still have young men living without fathers, but God is not through with us yet. We still got some brothers hanging out on the corners, but God is not through with us yet. For God is able to do a new thing. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think or imagine. If the Lord can cause a virgin to conceive a child, he can restore the young men in our community. If God can open the Red Sea, he can open up the doors of opportunity. If God can resurrect Lazarus, he can resurrect moral standards and racial equity in America. I don't care what it looks like. High in unemployment, God ain't done yet. High dropout rate, God is not done yet. Crime on our streets, God is not done yet. Just know that being confident of this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you will finish it through Christ Jesus. Would you tell somebody, God ain't done with us yet. Beautiful black woman staring back at me One who's seen a lot of pain And had her share of sorrow But who never gave up hope For a brighter tomorrow I've been lied to, cheated on Stolen from and hit But it just made me stronger And I refuse to quit That's right And though I've been tempted I refuse to stoop to their level Don't go down I rose above that nonsense And made a liar of the devil All right now The devil who said I wasn't good enough, cute enough, or worthy of love. I kicked his butt with divine power from above. Power that says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And brought me out of darkness so that I could see. That I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I'm a child of the king. Abundant love for me he came to bring. Oh yes, when I look in the mirror, I love what I see. She's looking good. That strong, beautiful black woman, that woman is me.
90.7 WTCC. Good morning, Springfield. Welcome to the Spoken Word. I'm your host, Pastor Talbert Swan. The second today, I want to talk about, began talking at the beginning of the show, about the racial divide um, as evidenced by uh, the George Zimmerman verdict in his trial for the murder of Trayvon Martin. And uh, as I stated, many, many um, African Americans uh, see the verdict as unconscionable. Um, many white Americans see it as justice served. Um, for many black Americans, the verdict in the case is is beyond shocking. Not surprising, but still, there was hope held out that the right thing would be done this time around. Um, um, so it's it's beyond disappointing. It's devastating to many. It's beyond unfair. It's it's unconscionable. Uh, but to many white Americans. Uh, justice was served upon the reading of the Zimmerman verdict. Uh, when you look at the uh, media interviews and the uh, various social media posts and the dialogues that are happening around coffee tables and in restaurants, things that are posted on Facebook and Twitter, uh, many white Americans believe that George Zimmerman was protecting his community that night that he singled out Trayvon Martin as, quote, suspicious, end quote, uh, and ultimately that he was defending his life from an alleged violent and um, vicious physical attack uh, against his person by this 17-year-old unarmed black boy. The stark contrast, yet again, of how black and white people simply do not view the prism of race and racism the same is still troubling in America. Um, it's troubling how we can intermarry black and white. We can work in the same workplaces. We can date across racial lines. Our kids can play together, sleep over, and we can socialize together and even in some cases worship together. But how can we be so far apart time and time again when it comes to how we see race or how we don't see race as a factor in our everyday decisions in our culture and even in our criminal justice system how is it that we can be so diametrically opposed to how we see things how most black americans uh, see race as the defining factor in the trayvon martin case and in many other cases that don't get the attention of the Trayvon Martin case, uh, and white people don't see race as a factor at all. Say race had nothing to do with it. Um, and that if you suggest that race was a factor, you're playing the proverbial race card. Uh, justice, as you will recall, in America is supposed to be blind. But the sad truth is she's not blind. She's got 20-20 vision. Uh, she sees very clearly, um, and she sees race in black and white. Uh, 413-736-2781. I'd like to get your take. Um, did race play a factor in this case, or did it not play a factor in this case? And if so, why is it that many white Americans can't see that? And if not, 
Why is it so many black Americans think it does? Um, the nearly all-white, all-female jury's verdict to acquit George Zimmerman of not just the murder two charge, but of the lesser manslaughter charge, uh, is devastating in the African-American community. It's devastating to Trayvon Martin's family. It's devastating to black America. Uh, and it's devastating to a nation that proclaims to be a place where a 17-year-old unarmed black boy walking home from the grocery store does not have to fear being shot dead by an armed neighborhood watchman. Good morning, caller. You're on WTCC. Uh, yeah, I was just calling to comment on what you were uh, speaking about the Trayvon Martin case. Um, I, I mean, you have to... Uh, look at it and it's plain to see that race definitely played a factor in what happened and the verdict uh, uh, that happened um, one of the but, but if, actually, if, if, if race played a factor why is it that so many white Americans um, don't see it that way I mean they, I, they, 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 they many of them most of them 95 percent of them that I've had discussions with that you know they say Reverend you you know you're playing the race card you're just a little too sensitive that race had nothing to do with it why is it that they don't see that that race played a role in it I I personally believe that deep down they know it did and of course they just don't want to admit it that, that that's my only uh, you can't look at that and, ha and be a halfway intelligent person and not tell me that race didn't play a factor and it there's just no way I'm gonna buy that and so I don't buy it when when people who actually believe that or supposedly say they believe that uh, I don't buy it when they say that I just I think it's totally um, it's just out of this world to believe that that race had nothing to do with it of course it has something it had everything to do with it because if you look at the stand your ground law and you look at uh, how um, the, the, the amount of, of, of blacks who have tried to use that stand your ground law in similar situations, you'll see that most of them end up going away. And the ones uh, that weren't men are white, they didn't end up going away. They they ended up winning the case, and you know that that's those are the numbers. That's I can't tell you exactly what the numbers are, but I know that I've seen and read um, articles about it, and the numbers tell you that you know people who are white do use the stand your ground law end up getting over and the ones that uh use it that aren't don't um and then you know you also have the fact that this woman who one of the juries uh the jurors came out and spoke and i believe she was the only non she was i think she was latino who came out and spoke about it and she even felt like she even admitted that the uh that she felt bad about it in her mind he was guilty but because of the law and the way things work but it, it almost seemed to me as though she was pressured into changing her decision because i think three of the jurors they if i'm not mistaken they said didn't thought that he was guilty at first but then they changed their minds but i think that was kind of they kind of were swayed to do that they were pushed to do that, that was, that's my personal opinion um i don't know what you think about that though all right thank you for your call thank you 413-736-2781 like to hear from you did race play a factor uh, if so, why is it that some people can't see that? If not, why is it so many black people think that it did? So we live in a in a nation that proclaims um, that it is a place where if, you, if you're a 17 year old kid, you're walking home from the store, you don't have to fear being shot dead by an unarmed neighborhood watchman who's racially profiled you and deems you as a quote a hole who must not be allowed to get away. Um, um, we as a nation 
really need, um, according to many of the um, um, Zimmerman supporters, uh, we need to stop with all of the emotion and all of the race baiting. You know, that's one of those code words whenever race comes into the conversation because people don't want to talk about race. Those who bring up the issue of race are race baiting. Uh, we need to stop all the race braiding and, and need to actually look at the facts of what happened in the case. And when we look at the facts, we'll find that Zimmerman was fighting for his life. That's their side. That's what they believe. Uh, others of us believe that Zimmerman never should have profiled that boy in the first place, never should have followed him, never should have got out of his car, never should have confronted him. Um, um, 413-736-2781. Good morning, caller. You're on WTCC. Good morning, Reverend Taylor. I, you know, I spoke to you on Tuesday night, you know, when we had the uh, Black Save the Black Youth, right? Yes, you sir. Know, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you right out. You know, it was racism, right? Uh, everybody know it took too long for the man to be arrested from the beginning, right? It's only 44 but, days. I mean, how, how, <laughs> how soon do you think you would have got arrested? Uh, immediately. You know, I know that for a fact. And I, and I the gentleman before spoke about, uh, you know, what happens in Florida, but there's another case going on where that sister got all that time and she was supposed to be under the same law. But in here in, in Massachusetts, even, right, I was watching 60 Minutes. We was a profile on 60 Minutes last night with the state police, and I noticed how they geared everything towards the north end. You know what I'm saying? But nothing's geared up here where they're trying to help people, you know, and how the Springfield police ain't doing their job. But on the Zimmerman case, the bottom line is it was racism. You know, I mean, the jury, I mean, I never heard in my life of six people being on a jury for a murder trial. You know, on an appeal case, maybe yes, but on a murder trial... Six people—that's unreal. There, I think Florida do what they want to do, but it's time for you know America to wake up. And, 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 and you know, when you talk about white folks, why they don't want to believe it? Because the bottom line is, in the back of their mind, uh, they can't do nothing wrong. Uh, look at the president—he can't get no backing from the Republicans. It's bad enough he to get backing from the Democrats, but. It shows right then and there when you got you're making a, a, a speech and everybody stands up there and look like they're crazy, and that's just my opinion on what's going on in America. All right, thank you for your call. Four one three seven three six two seven eight one. I'm 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 deeply concerned about you know first of all how this case was prosecuted from the very beginning. The the fact is George Zimmerman shot and killed an unarmed seventeen year old black boy who was doing nothing but walking home with some candy and tea. The fact that George Zimmerman pursued this young teen, scuffled with him and ultimately shot him, proclaiming self-defense and was not even arrested the night of the murder by authorities, should jolt all Americans as the true racial subtext of this case. If Zimmerman was a black man who shot a 17-year-old white boy, we know there's no way. He would have walked away from that police station on the same night. Good morning, caller. There's no way he would have walked away on that night. The fact that George Zimmerman's brother, Robert, goes on CNN's Pierce Morgan show um, and calls Trayvon Martin angry and violent 
wanting to possess a gun, a user of drugs, and ultimately responsible for his own death is absolutely ridiculous. The case was riddled with race from the very beginning, and to, to deny that is simply dishonest and simply not the truth. Good morning, caller. You're on WTCC. Yeah, good morning, uh, Reverend Swan. I'd like to chime in on the topic this morning. All right. Um, I think the jury got it right. I think the evidence showed that George Zimmerman was not guilty. And, um, you know, and, you know, there was a, you know, you had already proclaimed George Zimmerman guilty of murder even before you heard one shred of evidence on the case. So, you know, you talk about prejudice. You already had a prejudice against Mr. Zimmerman. How so? Because you, you had proclaimed him guilty I, I of never, murder I, uh, even before the trial. You first of all, that's not true. That's not true. Simply not true. What I proclaimed was that George Zimmerman racially profiled Trayvon Martin. That was evidence by the evidence of the tapes that was already out there. And that George Zimmerman shot and killed him. That's evident. George Zimmerman admits to killing him. So th those are just facts that I proclaimed. No, you called him a murderer before the trial. Started. He is a murderer. He murdered Trayvon no, Martin. No, no, he, no he, the jury found him not guilty. L listen, listen a, jury, a, a jury finding someone not guilty does not mean that they are not guilty. There are juries every day that find black men guilty of crimes they didn't commit. Black men who have sat on death row. Black men who have ling languished in prisons for scores of years to find out years later through DNA and other testing that they were not guilty. To find out years later that the prosecution knew they weren't guilty. That the police lied. That 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 uh, eyewitnesses lied. So just because a jury finds someone not guilty doesn't mean that they aren't. And just because a jury finds somebody guilty doesn't mean that they are. My point is you know, you get you get upset because you get accused on Mass Live and you know being a race baiter. And listen, let me let's make this clear. I don't get upset about what's said on Mass Live. Okay. See, see the All point right. the point of Mass Live is that Mass Live is the commenters on Mass Live. It's full of cowards. Number one, whenever right. I whenever I comment on anything. Whether it's, wait a minute, let me finish. Whether it's, whether it's on Mass Live, on social media, on this radio station, I use my name. My name is Talbert W. Swan II. I stand behind everything I say. Every opinion I give. Now, the difference between me and the posters on Mass Live is Mass Live folk hide behind pseudonyms and get on mass live and spew racist vitriol all over the place they talk about black and brown people like we're dogs with five legs and three tails all because they know that they are protected by that pseudonym and they don't dare come out with their own names and 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 give their own opinion i have no respect for anyone who can't stand behind what they say. So I could care less. Trust me when I tell you, I don't lose any sleep over racists who get on mass live and hide behind fake names. Okay, can I speak now? Now, I give you credit. You do. You put your name, you know, to your comments, and, you know, I give you total credit for that. 
you know, my point being is like, okay, so you say, okay, Thomas Schwann, he's a local race baiter. You know, he's the, he's the local Al Sharpton. He's the local Jesse Jackson. You know, you name it, okay? But, you know, you do show prejudice because you're already out there proclaiming somebody a murderer before there was one shred of evidence. What I do is, what I do is I give my perspective on the case just like everyone else gives their perspective. And just like all of your mass life friends were proclaiming George Zimmerman innocent before there was a shred of evidence, were proclaiming Trayvon Martin as a drug dealer and as a thug and a number of other things. And there and to, to this right to this and day there is no there is no evidence to support any of that. Now the the perspective now the perspective that I gave was the perspective that was based on evidence and that's where you're wrong because you you because you know wait a minute you know as well as I do that there was that there were testimony that was out there by 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 witnesses there were tele the, all the telephone calls the recorded calls were out there it was a fact that George Zimmerman made comments about Trayvon Martin based strictly on his appearance this guy looks like he's on drugs. He's a black male. He's got a hoodie on. He's up to no good. That was what I was saying about about George Zimmerman profiling Trayvon Martin was an absolute fact based on George Zimmerman's own words. What I was saying about George Zimmerman not obeying the police who told him not to follow him was a fact. This was based on evidence that was out there before the trial ever started. Okay. Yeah, I know you do 90% of the talk, and I know you like to try to hear other opinions, but, you know, you do, you, you dominate the conversation because, you know, you talk over. So, all right, now I can speak a little bit, okay? George Zimmerman, all right, now, I'm not saying he didn't profile Trayvon Martin. That doesn't make you a murderer, but he did. I mean, he obviously, you know, he thought he looked... I know, suspicious. it doesn't make you a murderer. I mean, if you profile, no, murderer, you profile no. black guy, and, and, and you follow... And you follow him when the police tell you not to follow him, and then you get out the car and confront him, okay. which means you and started the confrontation, and then you wind up shooting him dead. You're not a murderer. You're just a good old neighborhood watch person making oh. sure that 17-year-old black guys don't patrol the neighborhood, right? Okay. Can I speak now? Because you're sort of missing part of the timeline. Because when, when uh, Zimmerman went back to the vehicle, the evidence showed he was attacked by Martin and was getting his head bashed against the... What evidence showed that? No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let, let's go back. See, the, no evidence shows that. There's not one eyewitness. Hold up. There's not one eyewitness. Not one... That, there's not one eyewitness that says that that's, that's Zimmerman's testimony unfortunately the only other person who knows what happened can't speak from the grave unfortunately Trayvon Martin cannot give his side of the story now let me give you another perspective here because when you talk about stand your ground when you feel that your life is threatened if that yeah. means that you have a right to use deadly force do, don't you think that if Trayvon Martin was being approached by a stranger with a gun who was getting out of his car to confront him. Don't you think that made him fear for his life? Certainly, if there was somebody following me with a gun, I would fear for my life. And if I turned around to defend myself, why would I not be justified to bash his head into now, the concrete? Talbert, he stopped following him. Can I speak for a second? He said, the one witness, the one neighbor that came out, 
any, any evidence, the gunshot evidence, showed that Trayvon Martin was on top. Don't you get that? I get that. I get that completely. I get it completely because I'm hoping that if George Zimmerman were following me with a gun, that I would wind up on top. I would hope that I would wind up defending myself. If See, I don't have a problem with Trayvon bashing his head in. I don't have a problem with Trayvon defending himself from this guy who was following him in a very threatening manner. I don't understand why you all have a problem with that. You have a problem with Trayvon Martin initiating the attack, because that's what happened. No, Trayvon didn't initiate the attack. Let me tell you why. Number one, number one, number one, had Zimmerman not profiled him, there wouldn't have been an attack. Had, had Zimmerman, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, had Zimmerman not got out the car after he was told by the police not to, there would not have been an incident. Had Zimmerman not decided that this young man was suspicious simply because he was black and wearing a hood, there would not have been an incident. Had Zimmerman not presupposed that he was on drugs or that he was on high based on absolutely no evidence at all, there never would have been a confrontation. What about the fact that had Zimmerman not bothered this young boy in the first place that we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation? Do you not understand? Okay, can I speak now? Okay, I'm going to speak now, okay? Listen, man, if you're going to be condescending, then we can we can, we can can give somebody else a call. Now, make your point. Okay, I'm going to make my point. I'm not saying George Zimmerman wasn't wrong in a number of instances that right. But you know what? Trayvon Martin also made a fatal mistake. They both made mistakes that night. Yeah, he made a fatal night. mistake of being black in that neighborhood and walking uh, to the store to buy candy. I'm going to make one final point. I'll hang up the phone. Here's the part of the problem. He was profiled, but unfortunately, the vast majority of crime committed in this country are committed by black males between the ages of 15 and 30. You can Google it all you want, the FBI, all the stats. Listen, I could care less about that. I could care less about that. I could care less about that because the reality is, listen, 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 listen. Absolutely. Because the fact, because that fact has nothing to do with him being profiled. So you mean to tell me that simply because you can spew out some random fact that's a so-called fact because there's other bodies of evidence and bodies of thought that disagree with that, but because you can you can put that out there as a fact, that that then justifies a random citizen. George Zimmerman was not a cop. George Zimmerman was not a law enforcement officer. He is a neighborhood watchman. He's a citizen like you and me. So that means that because of that fact that you, as a regular citizen, can decide that you're going to follow my son around the city because he looks suspicious and then lean on, well, most of the crime are committed by black men that look like you, so you must be a criminal? Are you kidding me? 413-736-2781. I mean, you don't see the, the, the racism in your own comments. I'm going to throw out this fact. Most of the crime is committed by you young black men between 15 and 20-something years old. So that means that George Zimmerman was justified in thinking that this black boy, who he didn't know anything about, was a suspect. So that means that every black boy in America is a suspect, and anybody who treats them as such is justified in doing so? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Good morning, caller. You're on WTCC. Calling from Westfield, Massachusetts. You're on the air. Hello. Good morning. Trying to take a deep breath here. That last gentleman 
typical of the way he would handle That was snarky and disrespectful. Okay, I'm a white woman. I'm almost 60. I am still getting emails from people, and the, you know how you get emails. You don't even know who some of them are. I'm responding back, still defending Trayvon, and I try to take a deep breath and answer this respectfully. There's a gentleman from one of the conservative right-wing camps. His name is Whittle. His video now that I just received is showing that if you combine this tea with this Skittles, it produces a drug thing. And I'm finding myself still defending Trayvon. Well, well, you know, first of all, that's misinformation. I understand that they're they're, they're claiming that it's lean. First of all, the the they have no they have no evidence that um the, the the codeine or whatever is needed for that that Trayvon had access yeah, to that correct. secondly it's not even uh, it's not even iced tea it's sprite is the ingredient That's and it's okay. not it's not even skittles it's jolly ranchers there you go. Um, there you go. so so they're getting it wrong in the first place Which is and, and and okay. and it's irrelevant it i don't care what he was going to exactly do right. with the skittles I, or the tea exactly exactly i found myself saying and i said why am i saying these things to people exactly it is irrelevant this poor deceased body had no alcohol or drugs it came up negative i'm finding myself telling these people if he was a heavy smoker it would be in his body for 90 days if he was a medium marijuana smoker it'd be in his body for 60 days if he was a light smoker he wouldn't even pass the test probably for two weeks and i'm saying why am i going this path this poor child days over 16 years old and, and there was no testing on Zimmerman. This is the most lopsided, horrific case um, ever. I mean, this, this child, unfortunately, he lived in Florida, which is one of the most dangerous places for any black person to be living. Um, and, and if I lose more people or if they get online and start talking to me, I, I, will, I will never give up talking about this. This is... Well, I encourage you to talk about it. Uh, I do. Hey, they talk about me online all the time. It's <laughs> not a big deal. And, and, and you, know, you know what tries to keep me in the game? Well, my heart and my passions do. But I, my best friend was Alan Howard. And what he said, but how he said it or how he wrote it, either when he publicly spoke or when he did his magnificent writing, he was level. He was balanced. And he'd close off saying, you know, if you'd like to speak more on this, you know, he was full of grace. And I say, if I can carry on like he does, it it takes a lot of effort to do that. But there is so much that's just ludicrous about this case, and it is it just it just absolutely shows, you know, this this child um, had every right to be there. And Zimmerman Zimmerman will he will he will have, get his comeuppance because he absolutely murdered a child that had every Well, you know, God God keeps good records and 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 you may get acquitted uh <laughs> in in the criminal justice system in America, but you've got to see another judge eventually. I will I will never be quiet on this. Never ever on 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 any on any case like this. Anyway, thank you for a wonderful show. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781. You know, this case reminds me of the nation's racially split reaction um, when when Harvard professor uh, Henry Skip Gates was arrested in his own home by a white Cambridge police officer for being a suspect, being a suspected intruder back in 2009. Uh, the first black president, Barack Obama, spoke up. He was immediately attacked. He spoke up because he had a unique prism of understanding like no other U.S. president before him about what it feels like to be black, to be male, 
and to be racially profiled in America. Yet our fellow white Americans erupted in shock and outrage that the black president would speak about the issue of race. Something Bill Clinton and many other presidents before him were allowed to do without question. And I think that President Obama to this very day um, treads lightly on the issue of race because of that fact. Um, he's been effectively muted. Uh, he did speak out on the George Zimmerman verdict, um, but he could speak out a lot more forcefully. But he knows that he'll immediately be attacked by white America because he's got no business talking about race or playing the proverbial race card. Good morning, caller. You're on WTCC. Yes. The problem that I feel with America is our young black youth need to uh, stay in school and get educated because I have ran into problems, and the way I dealt with it is through education and a little bit of training that our parents gave us of respect of others. So if we respect, if we respect them, they, you know, they're gonna, you know, they gotta understand a little bit, even if they are a little bit haywire when they see harmonious and education they you know it makes them back up and start back over with the new approach i don't know I, you know but uh hey it worked education all right thank you for your call 413-736-2781 it's hard for callers like that my, my previous caller and others who are not black who are not male uh, who are not who, who who don't walk in our shoes to understand why we look at things through the prism that we do. I as a black male, listen, I've been at gunpoint on at least three occasions by law enforcement, having done nothing wrong. One time walking out of my house to get a cassette out of my car, police roll up, um, guns blazing. I've got a robe on, but I fit the description of someone who had just robbed a store later on to find out that me and my six one light skin one hundred and sixty pound black self at that time uh so called fit the description of somebody who was five eight two hundred and ten pounds. The only thing we that that was similar was that we were both black. I remember being a student at the University of Massachusetts, standing behind the student union ballroom, talking